Yeah, I can hear you, and I think I, I lost you for a little bit right there. Yes, so um, the question was um, talking about excuses. Yes. Um, when I hear people give excuses, um, the first thing that comes to mind is ungratefulness. Mm. Yeah, and um, because I believe that there is no any the Bible, you know, the Bible said we would have challenges, but none of these challenges would um, would overcome us. We would triumph over those challenges. So it's always about the mindset of, I know I have a mountain in front of me, but how can I overcome this mountain? Rather than giving excuses, it should be what would be the solution? Because for every challenges that we go through, there's always a solution. And every time, and the only people who actually, the, the only successful and great people are solution makers, people who can solve problems, not people who make excuses. You know, so when I hear people giving excuses, the first thing that comes to mind is, have you looked deeper to find the solution to how you can overcome these challenges before you start giving excuses. Mm. And for me, it's it's like it's I'm prone to excuses. Because I believe that if I can get it done, I had a I had a very tough, <clears throat> tough time growing up. Yeah, kind of share, share with us what that what that looks like. Have you um, and yeah. So for example, there are times where we only have one meal a day. And Mark, there is no way I can explain it to you that you would even be able to understand it. Trust me, mm. that was how bad it was. You know, there are times where my mother would tell us in the evening, uh, when it's towards dinner time, and she would say, uh, you guys go put water on the stove. But when we put the water on the stove to boil, we don't even have what to boil the water with. There's nothing in the house. There's no food. And that is actually supposed to be our first meal of the day. Wow. And we put the water on the stove, we light the stove, the water is boiling, and there is nothing to cook with. And maybe while we're there, in fifth, someone may come in and you know ask my mom to come in for consultation or just ask my mom to pray for, for them, and then they will give offering. Like sow a seed. So it's like, and let me put this to you. An average 60% of, let me, I, I say about 45% of Nigerians live on less than $1 a day. Wow. So you can imagine if all you have right now is $1 and you have 
three kids to feed with one dollar. So that was the situation that we were in. Sometimes we don't even have that one dollar to get the food. So it's a very unblamed moment for us. It's, it's very tough. Uh, we sleep on the bare floor and we just have to get like some of some benches to, to um, surround ourselves so that crawling animals won't crawl over us. <laughs> and um, we have to use the mosquito net to cover ourselves so that we don't get, you know, stinged by the by the mosquitoes. It's it was actually a very crazy moment. It's it's only the grace of God that we were able to survive survive through it. So um, I look forward to someday soon when I will be writing my my memoir and. I told someone, I said, for whosoever is going to write my, you know, co-author with me or be the author of my book to be able to really understand what I really went through, I would want that person to travel to Nigeria with me and see where I lived, where I grew up from, the people that I grew up around to be able to have the understand, the full understanding, because just talking about it, it's not doing justice to to whatever that I went through. <laughs> but, um, and like I've said, the reason why I would walk um, one way to school every morning, like walking with my two legs when I was supposed to take a bus or something, it's because I just felt the only way to get out of this is to get good education. So I was looking for solution. I didn't, dwell in the negative things that was the challenges that was happening to us that we were going through at the time a lot of my peers um, became gang members got killed got involved in every illegal activities that was going on in the area you know they went the excuse um, route you know we don't have money we need to survive the only way we can survive is to sell drugs or is to sell arms or is to you know is to join the robbers and rob people and things like that because they want to survive but for me i was i was looking at their life and i was like i don't want to be like this so i chose to go the hard way you know walking 15 20 miles to school you know most part of, of my, my high school period, which is about six years, you know, and uh, that taught me about not giving excuses in every challenges that I go through. I remember the day that I got to work, driving 50 miles, um, one way to work that morning, and I was told, we have to let you go because of your accent. I was like, you will have done me a favor and just call me over the phone and don't let me drive this way. Yeah. You know what I did? Hmm. On my way back from Gainesville to Fort Worth, I stopped at every car dealership on my way back to Fort Worth submitting my resume. Wow. Every dealership that I drove by Stopped by in Denton, drove all around Denton, 
dropping my resume to all those dealerships. And I did that all the way to Akura in Fort Worth. And that was where they told me, oh, our sister branch in Bedford, Mark Churchill Auto Mall is recruiting. You can go there right now and you will get a job. Wow. So I could have sit back home, go home, be sad, like, hey, they said my accent wasn't good. I don't have a good accent. I can't do well here. Uh, you know, maybe I'm not good enough and things like that. But I was like, no, I'm not going to let whatever anybody say put me down. Because it's not about what they say to me. It's how, like I said before, it's about the attitude and character when you go through those dark times. So I, I just decided I wouldn't give any excuses. I, would, I have to survive. I have to do what I have to do legally, legitimately, to make sure that I get to the other side. And by the grace of God, when I got to that job, I, you know, when I, I remember when I submit my resignation letter, you know, I didn't know that you can just fire your boss and walk away. Here <laughs> 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 I was going through the proper way, you know, giving the two weeks notice, like, hey, you know what, in the next two weeks, I'll be out of here, I'm going. And my, my general manager at the time, I remember, he said, Israel, I am not accepting your resignation. Wow. Why did he say that? It's just all about the, you know, um, the Bible says we will be the light and we'll be the salt. Mm. You know, it said we are like the mountain, we are like the, um, we are like the, the house built on top uh, on the mountain hill. Mm-hmm. Child of God, wherever you find yourself, you are meant to illuminate the environment. You are meant to bring life. You're meant to bring light. You're meant to bring the salt into that environment. Mm. You know, I was listening to Bishop Rodriguez when he said um, the world is supposed to revolve around the church and not the other way around. Mm. So when I got into that job, like I said, when everybody's around talking about how they want to go to club and how they want to go to strippers club and how they want to, and they have been lazy around, I see what I was doing as an opportunity. This is the guy that came from the hood. And now, yeah. you know, being a company and selling the, mo- the second most expensive stuff in the United States, I found it as an opportunity for me to be there. Yeah. And, you know, the book of Ecclesiastes said, whatever you find yourself doing, say you do it like no any other, you know. So I found, I became diligent to my work, even though I wasn't happy with the way my managers wanted me to run around it sometimes. But I became so diligent to my work and I would use my money to buy food for my clients while they're waiting to be approved for their car. Um, If their kids need stuff, I attend to their kids, I the candies i always have candies and and toys in my office for my clients just in case if they have kids you know i i i take care of my people i didn't know until later on that car sales people in the united states are seen as criminals 
you know, so I was, I was very, I took pride in what I was doing. I'm a car salesperson and I'll, I'll come when I, when I meet, I'll tell you, I sell cars and I'll give you my, my business card. And right. people will look at me like, hey, car salesperson, you know, <laughs> and I didn't understand why people will look at me like that. And like, yeah. is it like I'm doing something wrong? Yeah. Get it. And sometimes the clients would ask me, uh, why are you so nice to us? Um, car salespeople are not always nice. And I'm like, I don't get it. What am I doing wrong? So <laughs> the feedbacks that they get from the clients, sometimes the client, I have clients who come in three, four times after they've been, you know, we call them back in three, four times and they will still come back in because they just like the services that I provide for them. And when I go to work, I'm always dressing for success. So I always yeah. dress for success when I go to work. I'm always on my, you know, nice shirt, nice tie, putting on my suit and stuff like that. And sometimes clients will come in and they will think I'm the general manager. So the general manager got frustrated one day on a Saturday meeting and he said, I want everybody to start dressing like Israel. Wow. You don't, yeah, I said, you don't come to this dealership wearing a jean. You don't come to this dealership wearing a T-shirt, except if you're wearing the company's polo shirt. Whenever you come in here, I want to see business casual. or I want to see full business attire. And then they started doing incentives. If you sell 10 cars, you get a tailored suit or you get a tailored shirt, you know, things like that. So God used me in a different way when I got to the dealership. So when I was about to leave, it was a big deal for them. They didn't want me to leave. They were like, no, you're not going. My general manager at the time, Alois, he still reached out to me up to today. Like he would just check on me like, hey, Israel, how are you doing? I'm just checking on you. He told me, if you want to come back anytime, whenever, you still have your space here. So I could have taken up the excuses of, oh, I'm not, um, you know, I'm different. I'm new to the country. I don't know what's going on here. I'm being bullied or they, they laugh at my accent or things like that. But I actually decided to say, you know what? Outside of my look, my accent and whatever, I can actually do something different because I believe that be you know at the end of the tunnel there's always light attached to every challenges that you go through there is always a solution yeah so when i hear excuses it irritates my spirit and i just feel like you could have do better you could have done better yeah it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting that um the first thing that came to your mind when you heard the word excuses was uh, I, I noticed you kind of took a step back and you was like, it, it means that you're ungrateful. Right. And a mm -hmm. lot of different things in this world, man, like we take for granted, especially right now. You know, I think this this year kind of put a lot of those things into perspective for us. Absolutely. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we're constantly surrounded by death. And so, um one of the things that um, I, 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 I've shared this story a couple of times on the podcast, but it's, it's one that's kind of stuck with me. Um, and it's, it's back in the old, olden days um, mm -hmm. when a general would, in, in, in the Roman, Roman times, would yeah. win a battle or win a war, 
right? What they would do is that they would have a parade for him, either mm-hmm. either in um in the in the town that he or the the city that he conquered or back home, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What what they would do is uh, as he's waving to the people and and celebrating his victory, they would place a slave behind them, right? Mm. And the slave will be basically attached to him and whispering these words in his ear constantly, right? Um, remember, thou art not divine, thou art human, right? Mm. Thou art mortal, right? Mm. And so it kind of was to remind the general that just as easy or not as easy or even as difficult as it was for you to to have victory and achieve and overcome, you mm-hmm. could be that slave that's literally behind you saying the same thing, right? Yes. And um, I think right now there's 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 a misconception about what is important in this world, right? Because everyone wants to see and wants to be that general that's constantly going through the parade, but does but but and I'm I'm just saying from my perspective. Um, mm-hmm. But when we get there, when we achieve those things, like there's there's a level of 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 um, entitlement that comes with that 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 makes us forget how human we really are right and yes. the things that make you successful is the fact is the fact that you again didn't make excuses but you find ways to 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 find solutions and and mm-hmm. no matter what you was facing but and then you acted on it immediately right for me yes. um in my life i've i find places where i could be and could have done more with 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 the vision that God's given me, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of that didn't come to pass uh, at that particular time was because I was being, uh, imp- or I was being, I was procrastinating, <laughs> mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and I wasn't believing in myself, right, and so mm-hmm. um, during that time when I had to step away from from um, from the business, I yes. had fell into I had fell into a depression myself, right, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, still to this day, I struggle with um, confidence, right? Hmm. And so yeah. um, I struggle with confidence because I find myself um, trapped in certain moments throughout throughout my job, throughout 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 uh, my life. Even though God's been able to bless me significantly, um, yes. within you know getting a house, having a wife, you know, and doing yes. the things that we're still able to do, but. Yeah. Uh, still have that that those levels of of where I have doubt within myself, right? And so uh, I want to I want to ask for you uh, in those moments, you know, what do you tell yourself? Um, what do you think about? Like, how do you constantly um, keep yourself sane? And I know a lot of that. And I want to I want to say this part too before you talk is your story is a story of a trailblazer, whether you know it or not. And I think wow. you do because you, because you know that that your story is 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 important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as as a trailblazer um, and as a father, I kind of want to know how what what that conversation what that conversation is like for you as a trailblazer to your to your to your to your, to your two boys for one number one, and then number two, how do you maintain your confidence? Hmm. That's a very serious question, my brother. Um, first of all, I want to actually tell you that um, you are doing amazingly well. 
you know, and um, when you speak about procrastination and, and confidence and things like that, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, Gideon, mm. you know, um, he, he hid himself in a cave and yeah. the angel went to him and said, uh, and I will read from Judges uh, 6 from verse 11. Said then the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak and offered that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to heed it from the Midianite. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Mm. But he even didn't know that he was a mighty man of valor at the time. And verse 13, he said, please, my Lord, Gideon, if the, if the Lord is with us, why has it all happened to us? And where are all his wonders of which our fathers told us, saying, as not the Lord brought us up to out of Egypt? Now, what he was trying to say here is, why would you call me a man of valor and I go through all of this? Why would yeah. you call me a great man of valor and I go through all of this? But there's always a time and season for everything. I, I, I think in the last three days I've been talking about this. You know, uh, God will prepare us for, for things to happen. You know, mm-hmm. to you, you might think, oh, yeah, I procrastinated. I should have got it done sooner. But maybe God was actually making you go through that process for time as this. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, one part in Psalm 1, verse 3, that the people miss is the clause, due season. Mm. It didn't say all season. It didn't say every year. It didn't say all year round. It said due season, which means that I'm writing a book and it's just, I wouldn't go into that. And I just want to let you know that there is a season for everything. So where you are right now, sir, that is where God wants you to be. Yeah. So if we continue to see ourselves as, you know, there are a lot of times when we think we should have done things better. Um, we should have done things sooner. Uh, we should have got things done this time around. Uh, and I still go back to finding my peace and my place in the world. Mm. My peace and my place in the world, man. Break that down. Kind of what? What does that look like? Because that's 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 a very powerful statement. My peace and my place in the world. Yes, sir. So the Bible said, "My peace, I would give to you, not like the world give it." Mm. Because Mm. when you go to your friend and you tell them about your troubles, they will offer you drinks. They will offer you girls. They will offer you, let's go party. They will tell you about different kind of other stuff. They will offer you drugs. They will offer you other things that they think and believe that it's the best way of overcoming what you're going through at a time. But when you find your way back into the word of God, consigning what you're going through, the word, the, you know, the word of God will speak to you and when the word of God speaks to you, it gives you peace of mind. Knowing that you are not going through this alone, 
God is with you in that dark time. You know, um, I'm just going to tell you a story. It's a very short one. It's about this guy that um, he, he said um, he's always, whenever he prays and when he's going, he said he always pray and he, he, he would see that whenever he's moving, he always see that, you know, you will see the step that someone else is moving with you. You know, like God is with you and, and all. He will see the fruit. He always see the footprint of God moving with him. And there was a time he found himself in a very deep trouble, but he, he couldn't see the second person's footstep. He was only seeing one footstep. And he, he just went back and he said, God, why did you leave me through this? Why are you not here with me? Why am I going alone through this? And God said, said, I couldn't find your footstep going with me. And God said, uh, because I was carrying you through it. Wow. So the footstep that you're seeing is not your footstep, it's the footstep of God. Mm. So he was carrying you through it. So you can see two people's footsteps because you were not there. He said, I will send my angels to carry you so you don't dash your foot on the stone. Mm. Against the stone, rather, you know. So there are times that when you're going through challenges and situation and depression and things like that, and sometimes we think, oh, I'm not doing enough. Uh, I should have achieved more than this and stuff like that. But we need to find time to sit back and, God, what are you saying in this season? Yeah, God, what do you what do you want me to do in this season? Having that faith in Him has always scaled me through, knowing that God is with me. Just having that belief that I'm not alone, that I know that God is in this with me, and no matter how tough the situation is, and I will tell you, sir, I've gone through my shares of depression. Mm. You know, I'll come to the office looking great putting on good, you know, nice outfits, smelling nice and all that, always smiling and all these things. But I was going through my own battle at the time as well. Mm. And during this time, I was spending four times during the week in the church. Wednesday Bible study, Friday vigil, Saturday rehearsals, Sunday service. And I get to church before my pastor. You know, it got to a stage that my pastor had to give me my own my own key. <laughs> because I get to church before anybody, clean the church, set up the church, set up the music, the music equipment as the music director. And I was doing all of that. You experienced that with me when I invited you to come speak to my choir. Right. I was doing all of that and I was working and I was doing all of this. And I'm a father of two boys. And I will come out and I will sit on the drums and play like a drunk, like a drunk person or something that has been on drugs. And I will sing my heart out when I'm on the pulpit, on the altar to sing. When I ask, when I'm asked to lead the prayers, I'm doing all of these things. And people are looking at me and envying me at a time, but I was actually going through depression. Mm. I was thinking, like what you were saying right now, um, I'm not doing enough. Um, I'm supposed to have done better than this. There are things that God wants me to do, but I can't achieve them. And I was actually dealing with confidence at a time too. 
Mm. I was having confidence issues, you know, because mm. like, for example, coming from Africa to the United States, um, there was a lot of things that I need. There's, there are a lot of things that I need to learn, you know, and I, I experienced a lot of rejection. And just being by myself and not having families around and going through a lot of things, I was battling with a lot of stuff. But I always find my way back to him and say, God, I need you to see me through this. I won't go to club because I know club would not save me. I'm not going to drink because I know drinking would not save me. So I would rather just go back to reading the word, listening to, I listen to a lot of messages. I listen to a lot of music. Um, gospel songs because I listen to a lot of hymns because there are a lot of inspirational words, the word of God through music, just putting that, plugging in that ear, um, that those earbuds into your ears and just listening to, to those messages. It really helped me reading a lot of books. I read a lot of books. Those are the things that scaled me through those moments. Those are the things that helped me to start working on my confidence. Those are the things that helped me to, to be able to stay anchored to God. You know, um, I have a lot of mentors that I listen to. T.D. Uh, Jakes, I've read like four or five of his books. Um, Stephen Fortick, Mike Todd, Miles Monroe, Mark John, um, John Maxwell, um, uh, Creflo Dollar. I, I just I listen to all these guys just to make sure that I keep my I keep my mind around the Word of God, reminding myself of who I am in God. Said I'm the head and I am not the tail. So I listen to a lot of affirmations. I listen to a lot of. Sometimes I'm going to bed and I have playlists, affirmations from the Word inspirational affirmations and things like that. Even while I'm sleeping, my spirit mind is listening to things that keeps building my spirit up. So those are the things that I do that helps me through those dark times. I still do them up to today. Music was part of the things that really saved me too. I'll really I'll say that like one of the key things that really saved me was music. I listened to a lot of music. You know. That's 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 that is um uh, confirmation for me that um that God has, has, has given me the resources I need to to, to build myself where I am and I, I agree. I I I I I accept that word, man, that I am exactly where I need to be, right? Yes, sir. So, um, so man, this is this is I'm full, bro. <laughs> this is this has been this has been a very 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 blessing blessing to me, and I and I tell you, I needed this because this 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 encourages me uh, to move forward. A lot of times on my podcast, I'm I'm encouraging other people, but today you you encouraged me, my brother. I, I thank you for that. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it's a privilege, my brother. And so um, what I would like to know, 
is uh, wrapping up with this last question. Um, is you, you mentioned Nathan Miles Monroe. He's, he's, he's one of my favorite uh, mentors. And he has a quote that says, uh, you're not a human with the spirit, but you're a spirit having a human experience. Mm-hmm. And um, in this time, like I said, you know, we've been surrounded by the uh, chaos of 2020, but also the blessing of 2020. And yes, uh, I, w- I would love to know, man, for your spirit, when uh, God calls you home and you want to leave behind one thing uh, that reminds of, of your spirit, uh, what, what would that one thing be and, and what would you want people to say about you? Significance. Touching lives. Uh, my watchword is enriching life one family at a time. So um, when I wake up every morning, I tell God, like, if there is anyone that you want me to help, please send them my way, and I would do my best to make sure that I fulfill that purpose. Mm. So it's very important to me that when I leave, there should be one thing that they will be able to say about me. I thank God for knowing Israel. Israel brought me to the light. Israel brought the best out of me. Israel encouraged me to do to do better. Israel, because of Israel, I've been able to discover this part of me. Because of Israel, I've been able to pursue my dreams and my goals. Because of Israel, I've been able to get out of obscurity and become you know, the person that God wants me to be. Because of Israel, I've been able to change my mindset about who I thought I was rather than who I am. So significance, it's, it's, it's a key for me. So for every, every soul that God gives me the grace to, to come across, I try my best to make sure that even if it's just for a few moments or for, for a few hours, I try to make sure that um, I touch your life in one way or the other. It's difficult, and you can tell, it's difficult for you to come across Israel and you won't remember Israel when you see him again. Because I'm very intentional about making sure that for anyone that I come across, I touch them in one way or the other. Maybe it's by complimenting them. Oh, brother, you look great today. Maybe it's by, oh, you you look, are you okay? How's your day been? Giving them that smile, um, giving them that word, it is well with you, and, and things like that. Because you don't know what people are going through. And there's a lot of negativity out there, and we cannot but make sure that we touch life in a different way. So if there's going to be anything at all that will be said about Israel leaving, and after I leave, it's going to be Israel touch my life in a positive way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, man, that's, 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 um, oh man, I'm telling you, I'm over here just cheesing, bro. Like this, this has been one of the best episodes I've, I've, I've been able to be a part of. Um, wow. All glory to God. Glory be to God. 
uh, I want to uh, I want to make sure I, I take a moment to to highlight um, what the, the what what God's blessing you with, and so if you can uh, kind of give a, a give us a commercial uh, of where people can find you, uh, some of the things you, that that certain ways that people can get in touch with you, um, and things of that nature. Um, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and it's just my first and my last name, Israel Igbayilola, I-G-B-A-Y-I-L-O-L-A, Israel Igbayilola, um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, YouTube, I'm actually, by the grace of God, starting my my podcast to I add my debut on on Sunday um, oh, with my brother with my brother Chris Parkers, um, and so those are the places where you can find me if you need to find me. So we'll definitely promote that, and I, and I think right now on your on your Instagram page there is a a, a preview. Uh, of that podcast and what's to come, and so I know uh, God's definitely going to bless that and, and, and send uh, a lot, of, a lot of opportunity your way. Absolutely, thank you very much, my brother. Thank you so much. I mean, I'll be honored to have you on my podcast too. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be more than happy to do it, and I, I definitely want to want to bring you back on onto a future episode, uh, on, onto that when it when it comes to financial literacy, when it comes to to music and, and, and things of that nature, because I want to make sure that uh, I can promote promote you and what you're doing as much as possible. And so, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, sir, yes, sir. I so, actually have my first artist um, where she she released her first singles, and we have uh, we have an EP coming out by by the grace of God. November is called Paid, paid mm. by Blessed Onaiwu O N A. I W U Blessed Onaiwu. The title is called Paid. And it's just about God paying our sins, paying over paying for our sins with his blood. And because of that, um sin has no power or has no grip over us. That was actually the message in the song. So anyone can, everyone can go listen to it. It's on YouTube and every platform that you can find. Um, wherever you listen to your music, you'll find it there. You also have a project out as well, right? Um, you mean my song? Yes, sir. Yes, I released my um, I released my medley single last December. But it was it's actually mainly uh, African medley. Though part of it were English songs too, and I have some of my um, some of the songs that I wrote in that medley. It's called "Jesus Reign" by Israel Igbayilola. It's all on all platforms as well, and I still have some more singles that I'm actually going to be dropping soon. Lately, since I've been in the area of executive production uh, producer, I've been doing more of writing for my artists rather than me. Um, staying behind the mic <laughs> so <laughs> i do more of um concerts than sitting in the studio to to sing right now so sometimes when i write i just give it out to my artist to to use for herself awesome 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah. is that okay if we if we play some of the song on, on your episode when it comes out? Uh, I actually didn't play any of the song on my episode, but I think I will start doing that now. That's a good idea, you know, just letting me know that I can play my song on my episode. So I think I'm gonna bring her on my episode, and I'm gonna when I bring her on my episodes, I'm gonna play a song and. Um, I'm going to try to make sure that I play my own songs during my own, uh, maybe whenever it's just by myself or just talking about music generally and things like that. Or maybe I, whenever I have to talk about African mu- music in my episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be cool, man. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, well, um, I want to make sure that we, uh, we uh, end it off with the bang. And uh, if you don't mind, can you lead us in and wrap us up in prayer? Uh, Heavenly Father, King of Glory, we thank you for this day. We believe that this was orchestrated by you. You know, this is the day that you, Lord, has made. Um, We rejoice and we are glad in it. We thank you for this um, opportunity and this privilege that you have given to us that we can, that our life and our testimony can um, can be said to the people and we believe that as much ears that would listen to this um, episode would be blessed. So we thank you, Father, Lord, for the grace. We thank you over our brother, Brother Mark, and his wife. We pray that you, Lord, will continue to bless his family. We pray that the grace that you're giving to him upon, um, that your anointing upon him will continue to grow in the name of Jesus. We pray that this, this, this that he has started will become more productive and will reach out to every part of the world in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Man, I, I can't I can't stress enough how, how grateful and thankful thankful I am for for you coming on to the podcast and sharing your kingdom with us. Like I said, thank you is, very much for uh, yeah, definitely one of the best ones I've had. So um, wow. what we'll do, man, is um uh to wrap up and debrief, I'll, I'll just go through it with you now. Um the next step, brother, was is gonna be uh we're gonna I'm going to go ahead and start working on this episode, getting getting, getting the production right. Um, but mm-hmm. if you can send me a picture and just a brief bio of yourself, so that way once 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 your episode drops, then we can use that to promote you to promote you as well. Sure, I can definitely do that, sir. Sure. Sure. Thank you sure. very much for having me. I really um, I'm really honored and. Um, humble to be here to share my story with the people. Thank you very much. Well, to all the people out there, thank you so much uh, for listening to uh, this episode of Inspired Kingdom. Uh, it's your boy, Jay Mack. Y'all stay black. Peace. All right. Take care. Bye. Hello. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you all right, sir. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, um, welcome back to the kingdom, everyone. Uh, I'm extremely excited to to um, for this particular episode because I know God has got some got some juice, some food for us that He's prepared for us on this table, and that we're about to really uh, get a treat. And so um, today, I have a friend of mine who um, I met a couple of years ago now. And we're being able to to be able to reconnect uh, on this podcast, but I know that um, the the man that I met then is still the same man that I met 
that I know now. <laughs> and uh, he's a man that has a heart of gold, guys. He's he's a creator. He's a musician. Uh, he's an artist. He's a he's a boss. <laughs> he's the coach. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's 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 a, a jack of all trades, if you will. And so. Uh, I'm extremely humbled uh, to be to able to be able to have him on this fire kingdom, and uh, can't wait to hear his story. So, uh, without further ado, I want to introduce my friend, my brother, Mr. Israel. Wow! <laughs> Thank you for that awesome introduction. Um, I actually, guys, I didn't pay him to see all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. You know, um, I mean. It was just, it's, it's a honor for me to be here. I really want to appreciate you for counting me worthy to be part of this great movement. You know, so I'm really looking forward to what God is going to do with us tonight through this podcast. I believe that uh, our story and our testimonies would actually bless someone out there. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and I know it will, because I know that that's something that you do daily. You you seek out opportunities daily to to share information and to to be a blessing to other people, right? And yes, so, um, and in that, I, I want to kind of give you the opportunity to to introduce yourself, what you do, and who you are to other people. Uh, by the grace of God, my name is Israel Igbailola. I'm a Nigerian, mm-hmm. and um, I'm a financial coach. And what I do really is I educate people about finances. Um, and which is actually one of the big things that we need in our midst, especially within the African-American communities. We need to empower ourselves about how to manage our personal finances. So I took it up upon myself as a calling to be part of that movement that empower our people about, about finances. You know, um, growing up in a very... Um, rural part of Nigeria, I learned the importance of legacy building and the reason why we should um, have a good personal finance for our family upbringing and things like that. And also, by the grace of God, my family is a family of music. My dad is a is a musician. Uh, my mom is a pastor and a musician. So I grew up in the church. I grew up around music. Music is like um, it's like a second nature to me. So with all of the you know the talents and the gifts that God has given to me, just being in presence of God and being in presence of music all the time, I was able to start up a music uh, a record label where I help other gospel musicians from my own side of the world to um, get there, to be able to achieve their their goals and their dreams about becoming um, an outstanding musician. So I facilitate a lot of um, music concerts and music productions and things like that. And I'm also a father of two amazing boys, Judy Dyer and Elam. <laughs> you know, and I know we're celebrating the National Sunday. I don't know it was yesterday or today, but, you know, as a proud father, I celebrate uh, part of the people who celebrating the National Sunday today. It makes me feel very uh, amazing and honorable to be a father. I mean, I don't know. What else would you like to know about me, Mark? <laughs> Man, that's, that's 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 a lot, you know. Then that's 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 a blessing that God has has 
has given you these talents and, and been able to allow you to flourish in, in every single place uh, that you've been and really just been a role model, man. And so, um, Thank you. That's, 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 that's awesome, bro. That's awesome. So, uh, I, I want to kind of talk to you about, uh, cause you, you talked about your, your, from Nigeria, you understand how important legacy is your financial culture in, in the music industry. And so, um, yeah. I guess, what 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 are some of the things that that motivates you uh, to be uh, and to tap into all of these different um, opportunities that you can leverage to help and bless other people consistently? Um, I mean, that's a great question. You know, like I said earlier on growing up, um, I grew up in a very rural um, part of Nigeria. You know, um, I will relate where I grew up to in Nigeria as a project in the United States. You know, so it's a very um, uncomfortable environment where we see death all the time. We see gunshot. We hear gunshot all the time. Um, it's not just a very um, nice environment to raise your child or to raise your kids. And you know, growing up in that environment, I didn't like it. You know, it, it wasn't safe at all. Even as a, as a pastor's child and living in, because we live in the church. We literally live inside the church. And mm-hmm. guys don't even have respect for the mm-hmm. house of Sometimes when they have their, when, you know, the fights, the gang fights is going on, they, they chase themselves into the church and, you know, use some of the, the materials in the church, like the cross and stuff like that, to to fight, and it's funny, you know. So I I I just wanted to be more. I want to do something to get myself and my family out of that environment so bad that I I I thought going to school, getting good education, getting good job would give me the opportunity to be able to take my family out of that environment. So I stayed focused with school, even when sometimes my my parents don't have um, the transport fare for me to go to school. I will walk sometimes 15, 20 miles one way to school. That was how determined I was because I want to get out of that environment. You know, and while I started doing that, I I got introduced to reading inspirational books. And the first book that I read was um, Gifted Hands by Ben Carson. Mm. When I read that book, it's really, it changed something inside of me. It gave me, like, it was like a, a, a light bulb moment for me. And I was like, wow, if this man, black man can do this, you know, because Ben Carson was the first black neurosurgeon in the world, and he was actually the youngest at a time. And I was mm-hmm. like, if he can do it, I can do it too. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I need to keep driving, and I just keep on going. And then I read the second book, Think Big. And then I read um, Tough Time Never Last, Tough People Do by Robert, um, Robert Schaller. And I read all these books and they started giving me hope. They gave me more hope. They, they actually fall the fire in me to keep going. And I stumbled into the book called Rich Daddy, Poor Daddy. 
Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. And that mm-hmm. was what changed my mindset from the job, you know, being getting a job to become a business owner and becoming um, an investor. And I was like, oh, wow, this is great. If I can find my way, you know, to start my business and gradually move to becoming an investor, that could be the, you know, that fulfillment time for me, that the fulfillment I'm looking for to be, to have my breakthrough and be able to take care of my parents like I want to do. And I, at the time I was studying computer science and I got tired of studying computer science and I wanted to study business. So I switched and I went back into studying. Um, I studied marketing. I got my degree in marketing. Then um, I started my first business in clothing line. And I mm. was in college at that time. I started my clothing line. And it was, God really helped me. It, it, well, it was prosperous. And I got the, the opportunity to travel out of Nigeria to United Arab Emirates, where everybody called Dubai. Mm. And that was like the turnaround moment for me where I was able to see other part of the world. And I was able to see how, you know, things are on the other side of the world. You know, for someone like me who is coming from the hood uh, and going to Dubai, you can tell it's like heaven and earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, so things started changing. And then when I got to Dubai, I had the opportunity to attend to a lady who happens to be an advisor to the G8 Congress. Um, G8 Congress. And I was like, oh, wow. And she gave me, um, because of the way I attended to her and I was being nice to her, she gave me um, a website to go apply for a scholarship to attend any school or any course of my choice. Mm-hmm studied international business mm. while I was in Dubai. And wow. then as God will have it, I was able to move to uh, I was able to move to the United States four years later. And that was like six years ago. And I got to the United States. Uh, my first job was in the car dealership. And while I was there, I don't like it. Mm. What, don't what, like, didn't you like, what didn't you like about it? I didn't like the the system of, um, first of all, I was the only person that doesn't smoke or drink or want to talk about strippers or want to talk about clubbing. I mean, it's not like those things. I'm not trying to throw shades or anything, but for someone like me, it's not how I was being brought up. Even though I grew up in the hood, I mean, like I said, I was a pastor's kid. I grew up in an environment of, you know, not being so wild. I mean, I tried some little things while I was in, you know, my teenage age, but at that time, my mindset was different. So I, I needed people around me that was thinking like me, that, that wasn't just talking to me about all these things, but I needed people that actually talked to me about the things of God and the people that talked to me about, let's do it, let's start a business or let's do something good, let's do something great. I just don't want people around. I just didn't need the negative vibe at a time. So I was like, I don't want to be here. These guys, they don't, none of, when I talk about big things, they don't understand it. It's like, they just laugh like, <laughs> you know, because you're a Dubai boy, you're just, you're, you're just, maybe just being in a 
like I'm in a bubble or something. They don't see that whatever that I'm saying, it's it's possible. You know, they don't see, even though we make six figures being a car salesperson, but they just don't see anything outside of that. You know, like what I've read being uh, with being from employee to self-employed business and an investor, being six figures, six figures, seven figure earner, owning your own thing and things like that. They weren't seeing it and I wasn't feeling the, the environment. But the most part of all was the part where I have to lie to my clients, to my customer. And I was like, why are we doing this? This person qualified for uh, I, an interest rate that is lower than this, and you're letting me put them on this big interest rate. Why are we doing this? Why do I have to put this person on a higher interest rate when they can actually get a lower interest rate based on their credit and money down? Why are we giving them 60 months to pay when they actually could qualify for 32 months? And my managers would just be like, no, that's what you do. That's why you're not making more money, Israel. You need to do this. This is how you do it. And every day I'm going home and I'm like, God, forgive me. I mean, I really want to help these people. But these people would make it easier for me. So I wanted to leave so bad. But I wasn't getting a good job. I wasn't getting another job at a time because, I mean, that was, I just got into the country. I was still very new to the country. I'm still finding my way around the place. The only reason why I could even do well in, in car sales was because I have the education, I have the background, I've, I've owned a business I know about, and I love cars. You know, that was why I could actually do well in that, in that, um, in that industry. But I, as much as I want to be around cars and I love to sell and I love to help people, that wasn't just the right place for me to be out of time. It wasn't healthy for my mind. And, um, and then I got the opportunity to become a financial coach where I was introduced into the financial industry. And I was hearing this man um, by the name Grace, um, Jason Graziani. And he said, if you're not the type that love to help people, if you're a sales guy, if you're not the type that could be coachable, that could be responsible, that could uh, want to really add value to people, this is not a place for you. I was like, wow, this is where I want to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, this is where I want to be. So I was very happy. And I asked him that night after the business opportunity meeting, I was just like, where do I sign up? And I was like, um, let's set up another appointment. And we set up another appointment. It was on a Thursday. And then we set up another appointment for Tuesday. I got off work early on that Tuesday. I drove down to Princeton Dallas from Fort Worth. It was about 45 minutes drive. And I signed up that, that same day. And took me two days to study for my license. I only studied for my license for two days, reading books and just practicing online. I went to take my, my licensing test and I passed by the grace of God. And I've been in that field since then, five years now, since February of, 2015 and I haven't looked back since and it's been a journey truly it's been a journey but you know um, Zechariah 4 verse 6 said uh, it's not by power not by might but by the spirit said the Lord so it's not like I am that I mean 
yes, I could say I'm tough, <laughs> but it's not just by myself alone. It's been God that has been seeing me through, that has been guiding me, that has been there for me and, you know, connecting me to the right people. And that's the most important thing, having the right people around you that can help you cultivate the dreams and goals and the desires that God has put in your mind. Because sometimes you can have it, but if you don't have the right people around you, it's like um, the story of the sower that um, Jesus preached about that is, it was while he was sowing, he sowed some of the seed went into uh some of the seed went on the on the on the rock and they didn't survive. Some of the some of them went into thorn. And when the thorn started growing, the thorns choked them and they didn't survive. And some went on the fertile ground. When you are in the midst of thorns, no matter how good the fruit is, the thorn would choke them. So being around negative people, being around people who don't understand the, the dreams and the goals and desire that God has put inside of you could actually choke those things out of you. And that's one thing that I bless God for, that God put people around me that was able to help me. And one of them is J-Mark, my buddy. <laughs> I remembered uh, I remembered when I was having my seminars with the choir and the church, you came out and you helped with that. And it was fire and they still talk about it whenever they have the chance to talk to me about the things that God did in the chorus that at the time and you were part of the news that good um, good people that God has put around me that was able to help us through that challenging time because it was actually a challenging time at the time and what we did that night actually you know it, it made a lot of difference so thank you sir yes 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 man thank you thank you first and foremost for, for sharing sharing that that uh that part of your life and that I there's some things that you shared with me. I didn't. I had no idea about. Like, um, I knew that you 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 were when I when I met you when you and I connected. We we I was at that time trying to become a, a financial coach or had had my had my license as well. And so we were both yeah. uh, working, you know, in in the same lane as as partners in a sense. Uh, in yes. that. So, uh, knowing knowing like there's different challenges and different things that you have to overcome. Uh, as being as an entrepreneur, man, uh, can you kind of share with us, you know, what is one of those moments that made it all worth it for you? Uh, um, you know, just getting the feedback now and seeing the results now, uh, there was that's a part that I didn't share. You know, when I first, <laughs> my first six weeks in the country, when I, I got my first job, and three weeks later, this job I got there for a, I got there thirty minutes before anybody, and I actually drive fifty miles one way to work. Wow! Living in I was living in Fort Worth, and the job was in Gainesville. So Gainesville, wow. yeah. And I would drive fifty miles one way to Gainesville every morning, and I get to work thirty minutes early before those that even live in Gainesville that work with me, my colleagues at work, and. Three weeks into the job, I was fired because of my accent. Wow. Yes. I was fired because of my accent. And um, just looking back and looking into everything that, you know, I've gone through, I just believe that um, there is a saying that God will give the toughest um, challenges to his strongest soldiers. 
Yeah. You know, I believe that sometimes God will make you go through those things because he actually has a calling for you. He has a purpose for you and you need to be, you need to be, you need to be, you need to get tough for you to be able to, to stand in that place of leadership. You know, leadership is not, it's not hand. Um, it's not given. It is hand. Like, um, like some people will say that um, leadership, leaders are not born, they are made, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's something that would make you become a leader. It is the character that you put in during the time of tribulation. Right. Staying, um, staying in line with God. I believe this is Inspired Kingdom podcast. So we can actually be a little bit spiritual, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, staying in line with God, it's very, very crucial. You know, um, Moses said something when God said, I want to send you to Egypt. He said, are you going with me? Because mm. if you are not going with me, I am not going. Mm. So it's about the spiritual sensitivity of knowing that I cannot do it without God. Mm. Having God factor in everything that we do will keep you in check, knowing that, you know, th- there, is, there is someone that I, I took as my greatest mentor in the Bible, and that is David. Mm. From the age of 17 to the age of 30, David was running for his life. There was a bounty on his head. Wherever you find him, kill him. Right. But there was something that David does all the time. It's asking God for direction. What should I do? God, should I do this? God, should I go this way? God, should I act this way? You know, and if there wasn't that, maybe he wouldn't have become the king that he became at the time. He was able to achieve becoming the king of Judah and then the king of Israel in his 30s after 13 years of of turmoils and challenges and, you know, escaping deaths upon escaping deaths and left, right, right and center. But it was just that moment when he became the king. And then you look back and you say, this could only be God. Yeah. You know, so I haven't got to where I'm going yet. But every time that I look back, I can say this, this can only be God. How far that I have come. Um, I'm two levels away from becoming a regional vice president and uh, you know, to the glory of God, um, the, the business is doing well. People who don't believe in me before are now reaching out. Hey, Israel, are you still a financial coach? Um, how can we, I need your services now. And getting people just randomly texting me, Israel, especially during this pandemic season, when I get a lot of thank you for helping me save money, if not for your help, I wouldn't have asked anything to fall back to now. I have a friend who was just, um, she wanted to get a new car and she was able to go back to her mutual funds and, and withdraw about, I think she was able to withdraw about $3,000 out of her mutual funds to put down towards the new escalate that she wanted to buy 
And she texted me and said, Israel, thank you very much. I really appreciate you. If not for anything, for the fact that you persuaded me to start saving, to cultivate the habit of savings. Now that I am I'm about to get something that I really wanted, it wasn't difficult for me to get the money. So getting those feedbacks, it's actually like a, a joyful and fulfilling moment for me that I'm actually doing the right thing. Yeah. So, and every time that I want to, that sometimes I tried, I, I, I double, I doubt myself, like maybe I should go get a job. Maybe I should do something different. I don't even want to be here. And you've experienced that where, you know, you put things together and they don't stay. Some of them will leave because you're Nigerian. I'm Nigerian. I, I have accents. Some of them believe that, you know, um. I don't have the look or the charisma to be their leader. And, you know, and I've had that, all those experiences. And I've had those who have sticked around for three, four years. Now they're saying, Israel, wherever you go, we go with you. So it's been a roller coaster moment. But looking back to where I'm at now, compared to where I was five years ago, three years ago, even two years, uh, even a year ago, I could say that God has really been has really been faithful with my business and in my life generally. Now I get interviews and talk shows and podcasts talking about finances, educating people and things like that. I get churches inviting me to come minister to them about finances and all those things. I wasn't I was I walked into a church five years ago and the pastor told me you should go get a job. You're wasting your time doing this. But now I'm getting invitation to come speak in churches like that where they actually kicked me out five years ago. Yeah. It's good. It can only be God. And so I, I thank God for that. What I will say to you, man, is uh, the scripture that comes to mind is Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. It says, mm. and the Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the presence and the joyful, joyfulness of the Lord. And so, Amen. to that point, man, I just want to, I mean, I'm not I'm not the Lord by any means, but um, I just want to say, man, you have been faithful, and I've been able to see your due diligence um, through the things that you do and the consistency. Uh, like I said before in the, in the beginning of the podcast, you have, you have a heart of gold. Right. And so thank you. The, the experiences that you that you've been able to to navigate and overcome um, the things that you're still doing to 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 make progress and further uh, the, the kingdom that God's given you on this earth and to, to really manage and master your, your 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 talents. man. that's that's something that's that's awesome. And so even to the point where, you know, one of the first jobs that you get um, once you come to to the States is, you know, um, Car, being in a car salesman, but you've always put yourself in a position to be able to capitalize on the things that you're passionate about or the things that interest you, right? When a lot of yes, times, most people, you know, they find hobbies but don't find um, find find revenue from the hobbies that they actually do, right? Yes, um, I agree. They, and so, and, and passion is that sometimes passion doesn't always pay you initially, right? It takes it takes time for you. Like you said, to plant those seeds and, and and continue to nurture and water those seeds, and making sure that you 
shine your light, but also bring other people's light onto that, um, onto that vision, onto that plan, onto the thing that you're looking to give birth to, uh, because that's important. And so, and so in there, I know you talked about the, the 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 personal challenges coming from from your background. You talked about some of the um, 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 just business challenges that you have. And so, what would you say is um, I'm put it to you this way. In order for you to overcome and to keep going, right, there's one thing that I never heard you talk about, um, not just on this podcast, not just uh, within, you know, the times that we had a chance to to work together back then, but um, just in overall is excuses, right? And so when you hear that word excuses, kind of give me a sense of some of the things that come to your mind. 